the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Thank you for joining us. Um, my name is Rhody Fisher, and the show is On the Road with Jesus. So welcome. Uh, let's start out by praying. Father, thank you so much for getting us all here. Even though this isn't my regular day to speak, thank you that you nudged me to come out today, and here I am. So, Father, I pray that you would be about the words that we're thinking, that are in our heart, and that we're saying today. You say in your word, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by you, our Lord, our God. So we ask you to order our steps today. Thank you that the, that you would let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be pleasing to you. Be with Sean and Guy in the booth. And, of course, Lord, I would ask that you would be with me, and especially right now, my thoughts, my words, my heart. We give it to you, Lord. I give it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Um, we are going to start, as we always do, in Psalm. And I wanted to say that um, we're on Psalm 20. We're just going to always start until we're done with Psalm, um, in Psalm. So here we go. Um, I didn't pre-mark it. So I have to be turning pages. And we're in Psalm 20, for those of you that would like to read along with me. And this is such a great psalm. It's again written by David. <clears throat> and he says here, The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. So the Lord hears us in the day of trouble. When we have trouble... When we have things that we're, that are on our mind that we can't kind of wipe away from our mind and we call out to him, he hears us. So the Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. So the God of Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he's calling on him. Hear me. And he does. Send thee help from the sanctuary. Like right from the sanctuary. And where? And strengthen thee out of Zion. So he is still praying. Remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt offering sacrifice. Selah. And I, I think I've heard that Selah means, some people say it means amen. Some people mean, say that it's a... I, I'm wondering if you can hear that pounding. Um I'm in a soundproof booth, but I think I hear some pounding there. Yeah. Um, okay. You're gonna, you are going to hear a tiny is, bit. Is it next door? There's somebody moving in. Next door. Yeah, and mm. I had no idea that okay. they were coming this morning. Sorry. So ignore the pounding. Um, so um, some people think that Selah means arrest, like take a rest. Some people think that in the days that they sang these psalms or chanted these psalms, um, that it meant, you know, like people could say Selah like an amen um, as a rest period or maybe even just a changing a thought. But anyway, Selah, that's it right here. Grant thee according to thy own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. We will rejoice in the salvation. Yes, we do rejoice in our salvation. And I was just telling Sean and Guy this morning how great it is to know that even, even before the foundation of the world, God knew he was going to save us. 
And for those of you that haven't been saved yet, he knows right now whether you are or not. And in the name of our God, we will set up our banners, you know, like the banner over me is love, that song. And the Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Now know that I, uh, now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. God hears us. And where does he hear us? He hears us from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. You know, Jesus is at the right hand of God. It's so great to know that. And it says here, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They were brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. I'm still kind of singing that song in the in my mind um, of the previous verse. <clears throat> Save, Lord, let the king hear us when we call, and he does. Thank you for giving us understanding of your word, Lord. Thank you for such a good word. I I think I'm going to sing. I don't. I, I'm not going to sing the whole song, but there's that old song that we used to sing in the 70s or 80s um, that said, some will trust in chariots, or some will, I think the song went, some will trust in horses, and some will trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord. Let me see if I can get that. Um, Yeah, let me see if I could find that. Yeah, I have it here. So um, I don't really have a voice today. I uh, Several weeks ago, I went out to lunch with a friend of mine, and I got her meal by mistake, and it was loaded with shrimp. And since then, I've had this kind of a hoarse voice. I'm not sick. It's just my allergies. But um, I'm going to have to sing it in a lower key, and I'm, please be patient with me. Um, but I love that that so much. And when I read this this morning... Mark just started singing that song, so I should have had it ready for you. Maybe I'll sing a couple of verses. Let me see if I can. Some may trust in horses, some may trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of our God. Some may trust in horses, some may trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of our God, in the name of Jesus, our salvation lies. He will hear from heaven to answer every cry. Some may trust in horses, some may trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of our God. Some may trust in horses, some may trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of our God. By the blood of Jesus, sins are washed away. We will sing for joy to our God, our strength his banner wave. Some may trust in horses, some may trust in chariots, but we will trust In the name of our God, we will trust in the name of our God. (laughs) I can't believe I did that, but I really had to. Sorry about that, guys. I think I missed a couple of those notes, but anyhow, thank you for letting me praise the Lord. I wanted to talk to, um, I'm going to start again with my testimony. In 1973, I accepted the Lord, And I think I told you guys, if you haven't seen me before, then this will be new to you. I'm going to give you maybe the two to five minute version. Um, I knew I was sick and I was living in San Francisco and I thought we're going to be moving in three to four months to Orange County, California. And here I was with my husband and my two kids. I knew I was sick. I just didn't know what I had. I was sleeping a a lot and I was in pain. I finally went to the doctor when we moved to Southern California. We weren't even in our house yet. We were actually staying in a hotel. That's how, you know, quickly we went to the doctor because we knew a doctor here in Southern California. He went to school with my brother, Dr. Wayne Nishigaya, and um, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, the third or fourth stage. 
And they said I was dying of Hodgkin's disease. And I had three to four months to live max. Well, you know, they were going to do whatever th- they had to do for me. I had two kids, and I kept thinking, who's going to watch these two little tykes? I, I couldn't bear to think that someone else would watch them. But I kept thinking, maybe, maybe God could find a really good nanny that would watch over them, that loved them. Maybe my husband could remarry and take care of these two tykes. And so I was at the hospital in Anaheim after I had, um, I already had the radiation. I already had chemo. I was going to have my third surgery. They were going to remove some of the lymph glands under my arms. I don't know where, but in my neck and, you know, some in my abdomen. Uh, They had already earmarked which ones they were going to go after. And it was just to make me comfortable because, you know, we, we knew I was dying. And I tell the story a lot. I, I was inches away from becoming a Hindu, and I wanted to do that because, you know, I, as I said before, they serve three and a half million gods. I was bound to pray to the right God, I thought. And so here I was in the hospital, ready to have my third surgery. It was kind of late at night. I'm going to say maybe eight-ish, um, and I say that because I was sleeping a lot. I was just not feeling good, tired all the time. Um, And I prayed for the first time in my life. And I think I mentioned, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents loved the Lord. And also what I didn't know was the whole church was praying for me back in Hawaii. Some of the people were sleeping at the church and fasting. But that's another story. Anyhow, I, I laid there for the first time thinking, I need to pray that somebody would come and take care of my children. There were two and four, I believe. And I closed my eyes and prayed for the very first time and and meant it without being told by my mother or my sister or whomever or being asked to pray over food because we were, it, we were a praying family. And I thought all those biblical stories were just fables. You know, I thought they were just made-up stories. So... I prayed for the very first time in the hospital, and I said, God, the one who created the heavens and the earth, that God. Because in my mind, I thought, there's a lot of gods out here. Who knows what they do? I didn't want to pray to the one that, you know, like maybe a rat or something that was eating leftover food. I wanted to pray. I knew that somebody created this heaven and this earth. I wanted to talk to that God. So I said that, God, the one that created the heavens and the earth, find someone to take care of my family, my children. And all of a sudden, that was it. All of a sudden, I felt somebody putting a warm blanket on me. And I know that sounds strange, but I opened my eyes ready to thank the nurse. And I looked around. There was nobody there. There was a door right here. So I looked down the hallway from that door. I didn't see anybody walking out of my room, but I could see way down there the nurse's station, and they were all kind of hovering down there. And I thought, honestly, that was weird. But I closed my eyes and went to sleep, and the next day I had my surgery. And um, the doctor said they could not find any lymph glands that were cancerous. So literally, after trying going after it, they had, you know, all the lymph glands circled as to which ones they were going to take out. Well, they, they didn't have to. They did slice a few of them up and ran it to the lab, and I was cancer-free. Well, when I got home, and the doctor said to me, listen, we don't, I don't know what happened. I'm a man of science. I, maybe we made a mistake, but I don't think so but we're going to send you home and we're going to check you, you know, every three months and then every six months and then, I mean, every six months, three months, six months, and then a year, every year for seven years because who knows, it it might come back. You might be in remission. Well, it never came back, and that was in 1973, so here I am. Well, when I got home, I wanted now to follow the God that healed me, and so I had all those books, you know, Buddha, um, I thought, you know, I wanted to become a Hindu, so I had every book there. And I said, God, the God that's now healed me, that God, 
lead me to your book, is what I said. And I felt like the Lord was telling me, not with these ears, but just kind of this sense in my heart, open up the Bible. And I thought, no, I didn't bring the Bible. I wouldn't have brought it from Hawaii all the way to San Francisco and then from San Francisco all the way to here to Anaheim. No, I didn't bring it. Well, I felt the Lord saying to me, you have it on the kid's shelf. And there was this Bible. This is not the one. My daughter has that Bible. And on it was, you know, just kind of like this. But every so many pages, there would be a black and white picture on both sides of the Bible. So I gave the Bible to the kids and I said, listen, have at it. You can tear out the pages that have pictures on it. You can color it. You can do whatever you want. And there were pages missing because they, you know, were they loved to draw. So they would take those pages that had pictures on both sides and color it. Well, I went to get the book, and praise be to God, it was on their bookshelf just like the Lord had led me. And the pages that were taken out didn't have any words on it. So I got to read the Bible. And I read it from cover to cover in two and a half weeks, and I know that sounds impossible, but I ate of this book ravenously. I could not get enough. I read until four and five in the morning, went to sleep, got the kids off to school. And um, honestly, I was starving for his word. And I kept reading and thinking, gosh, I didn't know this was in here. And I just went through like a, you know, just uh, I was hungering for his word. And the reason I say that is after I got saved, I I told the story earlier, um, the first episode. I went outside to see if I could find somebody that would take me to church. And I saw someone watering her plants. And I said, excuse me, could you tell me if there's a good church around here that I could go to? And she said, yes. Funny you should ask, because my husband's a pastor. And he pastors, he's an assistant pastor at this church called Melody Land. Well, and she says, and they have a Bible study today, and if you'd like to come with us, we'll take you. So off we went. And sure enough, at the end of the thing, the pastor gave um, an invitation to come forward, and I went flying down. And I even said to the pastor, as people were walking and asked to go into this room, I said to the pastor, I waited until everybody went, and I went right up the stairs to where he was talking, and I said, listen, I'd like to get baptized today. And he said, well, you know, actually, we don't do that. We, we have a certain day that we baptize people. And I said, well, I told him the story about the Lord healing me and me reading through the Bible, and I knew that God wanted me to get baptized. Long story short, he baptized me that day. And, um, and in going to that church, now, I don't know if people were around in California that are listening, but... Almost everybody in the Jesus movement, you remember the Jesus movement here in California? They got saved, they got baptized, and they got they asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, I did not know what that was. But what I do know is that I wanted more. Whatever God was giving out, I wanted it. So I said, gosh, Lord, what is that? And so um, I'd like to take you to Acts 1. Now, um, I want to tell you a little bit about Acts. Acts was written by Luke. Um, Luke was the only Gentile, um, you know, of, of the followers of Jesus Christ. There were 12 of them, right? Um, he was um, a doctor. And he wrote the book of Luke, as many of you know. And all the rest of the apostles were Jewish, except for Luke. And Luke writes in Luke 1 when he um, is writing this book. And I, you know, I don't know if Luke was just writing this to, um, I'm sure, I, I, I don't know. Maybe he didn't even know he was going to be part of the book of the Bible, but it was certainly Holy Spirit-led. Jesus was guiding every word that was put down on these pages 
in the book of Luke and in the book of Acts. But um, starting in the book of Luke 1, he's writing to, and, and in Acts 1, he's writing to Theophilus, and that's kind of a weird name. It's God, it means God with us, and, and, or lover of God, lover of God. And I'm not sure if he was writing to Theophilus, but Theophilus, they think, was a, a wealthy um, Roman person, and he got saved. Or if he, if he was that person, or maybe he was, it was just an endearing name for, for a person. But I have read places where Theophilus was a man of much means. He had quite a lot of money. And in those days, doctors worked for or were hired to keep this wealthy person alive. They weren't rich people, but they were well-learned. They were like Luke was. He knew he was a smart man. Um, but he he's writing, he starts this book out with, in my former book, and he's writing about Luke in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote you about all about Jesus. And, and so he's telling, he's reminding Theophilus in this, that I wrote you all that Jesus began to do and to teach. So he's reminding him, I wrote to you about Luke. I mean, I wrote to you about Jesus in Luke 1, but he's not referring it. In that other, in that other uh, former book, <clears throat> okay, so he says, until the day he was taken up to heaven, because of course we know that Jesus died for our sins on the cross, and he was you know, raised from the dead three days later, and thousands of people saw him. It was during, it was during um, Passover. So everybody went to Jerusalem for Passover. So they saw the crucifixion, and they saw him rise again. They couldn't believe it. You know, it was like the Internet. Everybody that was anybody was there in Jerusalem, and they saw him. And anyway, it says here, until the day he was taken up to heaven. Well, we know that 40 days later he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. You know, I think I'm reading from the NIV, which I know a lot of you don't like. So maybe I will switch over to the King James. Um, I'm sorry. But I wanted to talk about Acts 1, and we won't go through the whole thing, because I did not understand what being baptized in the Holy Spirit was. And I would like to explain a little bit to people what happened to me and what happened to the, the disciples in Acts and what happened to a lot of people all over the world and including many of my friends that got saved during the Jesus movement of the 60s and the 70s. But here goes. <clears throat> Until the day in which he was taken up after that, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles who he, have, who he had chosen. Okay, so we do know that when we accept Jesus as our Savior and we say to him, come into my heart, Lord Jesus, I really do believe it's the Holy Spirit that lives in our hearts, even though we're asking Jesus to come into our heart. But Jesus is as close to us as though he were in our heart. And I'm not sure what you believe, if it's Jesus or if it's the Holy Spirit, but I do believe that the Holy Spirit lives in us. But what is this baptism stuff? Let's keep reading. To whom he also shown himself alive after his passion by many inf infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem. And it's in red here, so it's Jesus speaking right here. Not the whole verse of chapter 4 and 5, but now that I'm in the red part, as you can see here, it says, But wait! 
for the promise of the Father, which he said, Ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Meaning, shortly after I leave and go up to heaven, the Holy Spirit is going to, you know, John baptized with water, but the Holy Spirit shall baptize you soon after I leave. Okay, then verse six, it says, when when they therefore come together, they asked of him saying, Lord, wilt thou art, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, this is Jesus talking again. Here in Acts, he has, you know, he's walking around. People saw him. They saw the wounds in his hands. But he says, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons for which the father had put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and until the un, unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So we have seen or looked at the map where Paul went, and Luke is writing, obviously, at this time. But I think starting in verse 16, he uses the pronoun we. So possibly it's when Paul joined him. And so he's using the pronoun we. But here in Acts, he's, he's telling Theophilus, look, you know, I, I picture him thinking, Theophilus has accepted Jesus. He's a follower of Jesus Christ. And I now want him to have this baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why? Why ask for that? Well, because ye shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, I want to stress that because when we accept Jesus as our Savior, yes, the Holy Spirit is within us. But when you have hands laid on you or somebody prays for you to have the Holy Spirit baptism on you, and you've already been baptized, right? dying to that old self, but baptized in the Holy Spirit, and you shall receive power. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that you really want. You know, I love doing this show twice a week, and I hope the Lord doesn't ask me to do a third day every week, because two days a week are really hard. I said, Lord, I'm 71 years old, two days a week. Now you have me doing three. Last week, I did three days of the show. Why? Because I did two days here, and a friend of mine asked me to be on her podcast on Thursday. So I actually did three days that week, last week. And then on Friday, the Lord asked me to do another day. And I said, Lord, I already did three days last week. Now you want me to do Friday? So I called Sean on Friday. I said, or no, I text Sean. I said, Sean, I'd like to do another day. Can I do it today? This was Friday. And he said, no, I'm completely booked. You can't have Friday. I said, what about Monday? Because I knew the Lord had given me a message. He kept me up all night long, Thursday night into Friday morning because of this chapter right here. But you shall receive power And after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses. Why is he giving us power? Well, it says here, we shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the the earth. That's everywhere. Because you want to be walking with the power of the Holy Spirit on you. I don't want to be doing this show by myself. I want Jesus to be with me. I want the Holy Spirit to speak within me, to tell me what to say. I can't do this alone. I don't want to do it alone. That's why we need to ask for the Holy Spirit. And I'm not kidding you guys. On Friday, I'll just say this. The Lord told me, I'm sure I'm going to get letters. I'm sure people are not going to like this. But the Lord told me there are some churches that don't even rely on me, the Holy Spirit, to speak 
it's just that guy up there talking all by himself. I'm asking you all to pray that the Lord will bless you and baptize you in the power of the Holy Spirit. I have served several churches that I love. Everybody knows I go to Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills. But I also go to French Church. And, um, you know, I haven't gone since they've closed and then they've reopened. But there are several churches that I love to go to online now. And if you cannot go to church because you're either afraid of COVID or you, you're in that age group like me that you can't go, I totally understand that. But you guys need to be watching some good teaching. People that have been baptized by the Holy Spirit and are using his words to speak the gospel truth. Last week, Wednesday, I think it was, I was speaking out of Second Timothy four twenty two and I think I think it was Wednesday, but I'm telling you the Lord, the Holy Spirit was so with me i i I said, and maybe I'll get letters about this. I said, this is for you. I may be talking to some pastors. You know, I I pray that the Holy Spirit falls upon every single pastor in this world, and they would be baptized in the Holy Spirit and with power of the Holy Spirit speak to their congregation. Well, right now is a good time to reset the button. You know, like you reset your computer and shut it down and reboot it. Gosh, with this COVID thing, every single church in the world had to shut down and need to reset their button so that when they're speaking to their congregation or when we as people go out to the highways and the byways to the stores and whatever, we can be speaking with the power of the Holy Spirit when, we, when we're sharing Christ with others so that when we're casting out seeds to throw out there for the lost to eat and grow. We're not tossing it, you know, onto dry ground. And when we're watering the hearts of those that have accepted Jesus and we're sharing Christ and letting them grow, or when we're watering those seeds that were planted on good ground and are hoping that those people accept Jesus, we're going with the power of the Holy Spirit in us. I don't know why, but, you know, I just, I guess I just assumed that when people got saved, they would ask for that power of the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, so that they wouldn't be walking and sharing Christ on their own might, on their own strength. They would go to, you know, Jerusalem and all of Judea and in Samaria, you know, where the Samaritan woman comes from. And listen, after she accepted Jesus, she went running. She didn't go walking. She went running to the rest of of Samaria and said, come, come and see this man who told me all about me, Jesus. She was already proselytizing. She was already talking about what Jesus did for her. He gave her and he said, you know, this water that you're getting out of this well is nothing compared to the water that I can give you. It's living water. It's coming from the living God. He died and rose again. He's still alive. We're still in chapter 1. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Meaning that a cloud just about picked him up and was lifting him up into heaven. And thousands of people saw it. It wasn't just one or two, maybe just the 12, well, I'm going to say the 12 apostles, but, you know, by that time Judas was gone and they had to pick another one. So the 11 apostles, but there were many there. It was like the time, you know, now that we hook up to the Internet, there's thousands of people, but it was like their Internet because at that time of the year, Passover, when Jesus was hung on the cross for us, for our sins, it was during that time that everyone had come to Jerusalem for Passover. So everybody there saw it, and thousands of people accepted Jesus as their Savior. And, and while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, 
as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why are you standing gazing up to heaven? This is, the, is this same Jesus, which was taken from you unto heaven, shall also come back in the same manner as you have seen him go. This is why we say Jesus is coming back. He is coming back just the way he went in a cloud. And I always felt that Jesus was going to come back. I think I was interviewing Carrie Hoffman one day. And he said, when do you think Jesus is coming back? Because no man knows the day or the hour. But I always kind of assumed he would come back in the fall. Clouds are in the sky at the time, you know, and that Jesus would come back in a cloud. It says, in the same manner that he left, he's going to come back. Well, Jesus doesn't need to have a cloudy day to come. He can come on his own cloud. He can make that cloud. He spoke the world into existence doesn't need for the day to be, you know, cloudy. Make his own cloud and come. But I just wanted everybody. This is the last days, people. Jesus could come back today, tomorrow, or next week, or the beginning of next year. Who knows? He could come back in the spring. We need to be saved. Accept Jesus as your Savior. We need to be baptized, dunked in water, not just splashed with a sprinkle. It's a sign that you are giving up your old life and dying to your old self and coming up afresh and anew as a new person in Christ. And you need to be pleading to God to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And I know that there's some people that will talk about speaking in tongues. Well, I want you to know you don't have to speak in tongues, although I do. And the Lord, I'll just say, I have I can speak in tongues in two different languages. I, I don't want to get into that. That's a whole other subject. But you don't have to speak in tongues to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I do know that there's some religions, Christian religions, that have put God in the box and said, you have to speak in tongues. Yes, many people do speak in tongues. As a matter of fact, when it happened, the day of Pentecost happened, um, everyone spoke in tongues and people thought they were drunk because they were speak, but they were speaking in all different languages. But what you do get with the baptism of the Holy Spirit is this thing that says here, and I'm going to read it again in verse one, I mean, chapter one, verse eight of Acts, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. Boy, don't you want the power to witness to other people rather than going out in your own strength? It's that power. Now, I can talk about the gifts of the Spirit, too, um, which a lot of people do get. I didn't plan to do this, but now now that I've just said it, I'm going to have to look for it. I think it's in Second Corinthians 12, maybe. Anyway, there's a lot of gifts that you can get when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And tongues is just one of them. Um, tongues is just one of the gifts. And I, I want to implore you um, to ask for a gift. Not just the baptism, but ask for a gift. And he will give it to you. And like I said, it may not, you know, I don't know what gift God will give you. If he gives you tongues, great. And a lot of people, oh, my internet isn't working. Um, okay. <clears throat> Anyhow, I would implore you to ask for one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it could be tongues. It could be interpretation of tongues. Um, I'll keep looking. I, okay. Anyway, ask for that because you want to be under God's power. Maybe you can text it to me. Um, I do want to read one more chapter. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would give us understanding of your word. And, you know, I say that all the time. And I really do mean it, that God would give us understanding of your word.
And I say that because I'm going to read one verse to you in Luke 24:45. And I say that all the time before I read the word or sometimes after because of this verse. And it says here, and this is again Luke. It's in Luke 24:45. It's almost the last verse of the Bible. And he says here, Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it is it behoove Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and the pre- and that repentance, remission of sin, should be preached in his name among all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. So that's again Luke telling us, and he says here, Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. I say that because of that verse, and I just pray it right before I read the word or after I read the word, because I want to, I want I want God's under, God to give me the understanding to know what his scriptures say. And I know I'm not perfect. I stumble over these words because my mind wants to read faster, but I can't. And so I jumble up the words. I kind of make up my own words sometimes, and I have to slow down. But anyhow, ask for the, he, he said the comforter was going to come, and that's the Holy Spirit. He said that in John sixteen seven and 8. And by the way, the Holy Spirit, if you really want to do a study on the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is talked about right there in Genesis 1, 2, where Genesis says in Genesis 1, 2, I'll just go to it. It says here, and the earth was without form and void. And the darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. That's where the Holy Spirit is mentioned, right there, capital S. Okay, um, I want to read, I want to end with this. You know, with everything that's going on, with churches closed, and I wish every good church out there would open up, I have a feeling that some churches will never open their doors again because they're running out of money. They've been closed for so long. But I pray that every single church that preaches the entire gospel will open up so that people can have hope again. That's one of my favorite words, hope. This is Hope Radio. I'm just so happy that it was named Hope Radio. People need hope. Jesus is the only one that can give us hope. Um... I want to get to, uh, I'll tell you what, the other day I was looking at Facebook and Odin Fong said, read, read Psalm 37. So I'm going to read 37 to you because people are so weary. They, they want, there's the suicide rate is up. I implore, I, I pray that none of you would go there. There is hope in Jesus Christ. And this really gave me hope. I'm going to start from the beginning. There's like 40 verses. I hope I can get through. Is there 40 verses? I hope I can get through this because I'm going to be. Yeah, there's 40 verses. So I pray this gives you hope. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Now we're really, you know, our country is divided without question it is. And people are doing all forms of evil. I don't have to tell you what they are. When I'm done with this, earmark this chapter. Read it several times. It'll give you hope. But I want, I'm hoping I can get through with this. Fret not yourself, thyself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the work of iniquity. Don't be envious of what the rich guy over there has. Or the wealthy person. I mean, he's getting his money in an evil way. The evil people are doing all kinds of stuff. For they shall soon be cut down like grass and wither as the green herb. Trust the Lord and do good so that thou dwell in the land. And very and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desire of your heart love that scripture. 
Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desire of your heart. He knows what our heart's desire is. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust him all trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and the judgment as the noonday rest in the lord and wait patiently for him fret not yourself because of him who prospereth his way his way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass Cease from anger, forsake wrath, fret not yourself in any wise and to do evil, meaning don't even think about doing evil. Don't worry about what the evil people are doing. They're going to be cut down like grass. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For ye, for, for yet a little while... And the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just, and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. You know, the Bible says the Satan goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He comes to rob, steal, and kill. I, I, I inserted that. It's not here. It's in the Bible, but not here. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy and to, and to slay such as the upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart and their bow shall be broken. A little that the righteous man hath is better than the riches of the wicked, of the many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth his righteousness. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the, in the evil time. In the days of the famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish. The enemies of the Lord shall be as fat lambs they shall consume into smoke and cons- and they consume away they're going to perish they're going to be gone i pray they get saved but many may not and they will be consumed the wicked borroweth and pay not again but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth meaning you know the wicked will borrow money and they will not pay it back They'll also not, anyway, it says that the righteous showeth mercy, and they're giving things away, okay? For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. And this is like my favorite verse here. I say this all the time. I should quote the whole thing, but I don't. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and... He delighteth in his ways, meaning the Lord delights in his ways. Okay, though he may, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord holdeth, upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now I'm old. That's me now. I was young, and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beggeth for bread, meaning our children's our children we will not be begging for bread he is ever merciful and and lendeth and his seed is blessed uh, depart from evil and do good dwell for for evermore the lord loveth judgment and forsaken not his saints they are preserved forever but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off the righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. And what do you think forever means? Forever is forever. We're not going to dwell in it for a day or maybe a, you know, a month. We're going to dwell with God forever. Now, if this resonates with you and you haven't made a um, decision for Christ, today is a day of salvation for you. 
And I would ask you to invite Jesus in your heart right now. Follow me with this simple prayer. By the way, Sean, I probably will need about three minutes. I'm going to ask you to please just follow my words. It's not abracadabra. This is the real deal. You're inviting Jesus, the Holy Spirit, to come into your life right now. And I ask you to follow me in these words. Dear Jesus, forgive me for all the sins that I have done in the past, in the present, and in the future. I ask you, Lord, to come into my heart and live with me forever by the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would help me to walk this walk with you. Lord, remind me to read the Bible every day, even if it's just one verse. Help me to find a church to listen and be fed by. Surround me with people that know you and love you that can help me grow in you. I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've said that prayer for the very first time and would like to tell somebody, and it's like, who do you tell, right? Uh, you can tell somebody at church like I did, or you can write me at On the Road with Jesus, www. On the Road with Jesus. You can call the station here, Hope Radio, here in Corona, California, and you can tell someone that you've accepted Jesus as your Savior. Get baptized in a, in a church. A lot of churches are doing um, baptisms right now because so many people are coming to Christ, and I would ask you to do that. Find a church, either online or in person, that's, that's preaching the whole, the whole Bible, not just part of it. Thank you, listeners, for listening today, and the, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Spelled R-A-H-F-I-S-H-E-R at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.